you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Amen. There's so much on the inside of me that I feel like I'm just going to burst wide open. I feel like I need about two hours, but I, I've got to condense it down because there's more things to do. And, and there's another great thing that you can go back and you can watch this. So if at any point you say, well, what, what did he say? What did he say? Just, just calm down. You can go back. It's being recorded. You can watch it. It's being streamed. You can go back and watch it and hear what the Holy Spirit says. You know, I can watch even a sermon or a message one time and get something out of it. I can watch it again, and I, and I hear the Holy Spirit say to me something kind of different. I didn't hear that before. So that's why the Bible says over in Hebrews that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing and hearing. It's the infinitive form of hear, hear the verb hear. It's infin- I'm constantly hearing, but what am I hearing? Am I hearing the, the words from God, or I'm just hearing the words from man? Let's hear the words from God about who we are in Christ. Like Pastor Sheila said, that this is a foundational teaching that establishes us, establishes us as followers of Christ, as disciples of Christ. If we're called to look like Christ and shine like Christ and live like Christ and talk like Christ and walk like Christ, then we need to know who we are in Christ, right? It's no longer, like Paul says, it's no longer I that liveth. I'm not living anymore. That seems really strange for a man to say that. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. And so I need to focus on who I am in Christ, Amen. And not focus so much on who I am because of who I want to be. So the question is, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? <laughs> I know I got all these old songs. Now, some of these folks don't even remember these old songs. But it just, it just kind of, and I, if I start dancing, I'm in. <laughs> So, self-identity. Self-identity. Self-identify. To self-identify, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a hip term. It's cool, to, uh, not cool, you don't use the word cool anymore. It's a, um, it's a new term or a current term. To self-identify as a verb. Now, I looked it up in Cambridge, Cambridge Dictionary. University of Cambridge is from uh, England, right? Over in Europe. It was established in 1209, 1209, the University of Cambridge. But this came from the Cambridge Dictionary. Did you know that there are dictionaries out there that are just making up definitions of words right now? And one dictionary may say one thing and another dictionary may say another thing. Do you realize that? So here's the Cambridge Dictionary definition of the verb self-identify to self-identify it is to believe that you are a particular kind of person 
especially when other people do not think that you are that kind of person. I know that I know that's kind of confusing, but let me read it to you again so that maybe you can understand. To believe that you are a particular kind of person, especially when other people do not think that you are that kind of person. To self-identify. Here's Macmillan Dictionary. Macmillan Dictionary of self-identify. The verb self-identify. To decide and say who you are without the need for external checks or proof. <laughs> to decide and say who you are without the need for external checks or proof. Now, there's a lot of people today, let's bring it up in today's conversation and the dialogue that we're having today, they want to self-identify as something that they're obviously not. I mean, you got the extremes. There was uh, a, a tall, male, Caucasian man in a university that was going to college that wanted or believed, <laughs> back, again, back to the word believe, believed that he was a short Chinese female. And there was a video of this. So guys, I hope you're understanding what I'm saying, that this, this term self-identification, self-identifying is a thing right now. That you, you, whatever you believe you think you want to be, you can say you are regardless of what you really are. Is anybody following me right now? If, you, if you're with me, just nod your head. Because this has everything to do with who you are in Christ. Because there's such confusion going on right now. And there's such an identity crisis that people don't know who they are and they're acting out of this lostness. They are lost. They're untethered from anything. And our, our, our tether, we have to identify it as the Word of God is our tether. Who we are in Christ is our tether. It's our norm. It, there's not a new norm as far as the Word of God is concerned. It is the norm. Like Pastor Sheila said, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word doesn't change based on what you think you want to be, based on what you choose to believe you are and identify as something that, you wanted to be that you weren't born to be. Right? Are you following me? Because I wasn't born this way, but I want to be this way. I choose to be this way and believe this way and self-identify this way. But believing requires a decision. So you have to decide that you're choosing to believe you are a way, a particular kind of way. And so here's, here's the pivot for us as Christians. Now, again, I'm addressing Christians. If you continue to look at yourself only from the outside, you will always be limited. But when you begin to see yourself by the Spirit, you will see God's unlimited power. I wish we had a device that would show us a spiritual x-ray 
a real-time spiritual x-ray. If, if I could have designed a device, I would have and had it right here in front of me. And standing in front of this spiritual x-ray, you could see that I am a spirit living in a body. I'm an eternal spirit living in a body. And within my spirit is Christ's spirit. Because the Bible said we are one with Christ. And Christ is one with me. And you may see me on the outside and try to identify me as this 5'10", 175, 180-pound, middle-aged, 56-year-old Caucasian guy. But come on, Jesus is in me. And that makes all the difference in the world. It makes the, it makes the difference for me. And when I look at myself, I've got to choose to see Jesus in me more than I see who I am on the outside. Our identity as Christians, we must focus more on our eternal spirit than our temporary flesh. That's the point. We have to focus on our eternal spirit more than our eternal flesh. Because this flesh is decaying, this flesh is dying. We don't like to hear that. But here's 2 Corinthians 5.16. I told you to turn there at the very beginning. The New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 16. This is Paul talking. Now, we know 2 Corinthians 5.17, right? For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things pass away and all things become new. We know that, right? We know 2 Corinthians 5.17, frontwards and backwards. But here's 2 Corinthians 5.16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. How differently. When we see Christ face to face and we come in contact with the Spirit of Christ, and the Spirit of Christ brings our spirit to life. We know Christ differently than this Jewish carpenter with about long hair about like this, dressed in a white robe, with olive skin, or probably darker than that. I mean, come on. We know Christ by the Spirit. The King James Version says that we choose to our, 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 I put the word choose in there. We know no man after the flesh. We are choosing, we're making the decision to not look at your flesh, but to know you by the Spirit. And we have to make that choice. I'm going to read that out of the, the Passion Translation. It says this. So then, from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. So if we're looking at the outside, we're limiting the way we see other people. Would you agree with that? But that can be said about ourselves too. If we're looking at ourselves only from the human standpoint, we're limiting how we see ourselves. We have to see ourselves by the Spirit. And so here's the question. Do you know yourself only after the flesh 
or after the Spirit? Do you know yourself after the Spirit? Or do you only see yourself after the flesh? And so here's another side point to this. And I believe it's a key for us that are dealing with this racial issue on a personal level. Now, I know there's things on, on a national level that we're dealing with. But each of us is responsible to teach ourselves to stop evaluating others from a human point of view and have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people by their outward appearance. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And we do this by knowing who we are in Christ and seeing others in Christ. Seeing others in Christ. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition our vain conceit, our pride, but rather in humility, value others above yourself. Value others above yourself. How can you value someone else above yourself if you don't see them in Christ? Because Christ made them worthy. Christ made you worthy. He sees you complete. He sees you full of the Holy Spirit. And so do we see ourselves after the flesh or after the Spirit? What I didn't tell you at the beginning of the message was that you could see the notes if you went to lifeway.church forward slash 07 and today is the 19th 07-19-20 and you can follow along. I think they probably put that out there. I'd just like to say that but just to kind of give a pause there. So let's talk about the flesh. We said a little bit last week about the flesh and uh, had that tattered and torn to, to signify the old man. The old man is our flesh. And so let's read about it in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I think we need to, go, we need to dig, dig deeper than just saying we have an old man that we have to take off and a new man that we have to put on. We have the flesh and we have the spirit. And so we use those terms, old man, new man, flesh, and spirit, right? Our flesh versus our spirit. And so here's Galatians 5, 16 through 21 in the New International Version. Paul, Paul says this, So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. He's, he's, he's bringing them diametrically opposed to one another, the flesh and the spirit, the flesh and the spirit. He's making statements here to, to signify that one is warring against the other. And we, we face this fight in ourselves. For the flesh desires, here's what Paul says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. And the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, (laughs) impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. 
That phrase, and the like, means etc., etc., etc. There's more that he could have written, but he didn't write. And so it's obvious to identify the works of the flesh. And that's what he's talking about in Galatians chapter 5. But then he talks in a little bit about the fruit of the Spirit. He says this, I warn you as I did before. So he's saying this again. I'm warning you again that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, we have to deal with the flesh. We have these desires in our flesh because we are human. And the time that you spent before you got born again, you were taught how to live according to the flesh. That's why children, when they're, when they're really, really young, they, they just learn mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. And they'll go around... Little kids just learning how to walk and talk and take each other's toy. That's mine. No, that's mine. Give it back. And they'll get into this fighting, dissensions, and all kinds of uh, fits of rage. You ever see a kid in rage? <laughs> Who taught them how to do that? And as a parent, you're so embarrassed. You're like, ah, they didn't see me do that, I don't think. Yeah. The rage that we have and the fits that we have and the, the flesh. Everybody has flesh. And so we need a process to move out of the flesh and into the spirit. We've got to move away from the flesh and start living by the spirit. This is very important for our identity. Our identity. Jesus wants us to exchange the flesh for the spirit. We need to see ourselves after the spirit so that our flesh can die. And I did say die. So, Galatians chapter 5 verse 24 says, "Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires." That's a very powerful scripture because it tells us that when we belong to Christ Jesus, we have the power to crucify our flesh. And nobody at any time likes to hear, you need to crucify your flesh. What? What? You mean I have to control myself? Right? Because we live in a world now that just wants to be out of control. I want to be autonomous. No one can control me. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm my own God. I can do what I want to do, and nobody can make me do anything. But the fruit of the Spirit still in Galatians chapter 5 talks about self-control. And if you're out of control, guess what? You're not controlling yourself. Somebody else is controlling you. And if the flesh is controlling you, you're going to get into the works of the flesh. And you're going to live according to your passions, according to your emotions, according to your cravings. You guys want to talk about food for a minute? <laughs> it got really quiet and uh, people, uh, you know, oh. So my wife asked me to not use the illustration of chocolate pie. 
She said, quit talking about chocolate pie because you don't even eat chocolate pie anymore. But I really like chocolate pie, especially if my mother-in-law is watching right now. You could, you could send me UPS. I'll send you the money to do it if you'll make me a chocolate pie. And <laughs> Guys, I grew up in the deep south where they taught us how to eat. You know, John? I mean, they, they taught us how to And my grandmother, listen, this has some backgrounds. This, 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 my grandmother came through the Depression. And so when she saw a plate of food, she wanted me to sit there and eat it all. Eat all your food. Because she remembered when she was a little kid going through the Depression, they didn't have a, enough food to eat, right? Just cornbread and buttermilk, cornbread and buttermilk. And I heard that story over and over and over. So eat, eat up, eat up, eat up. And I was taught how to eat. And every meal, every hot meal during the day, breakfast, uh, supper, and dinner. I mean, if it's hot at lunch, we call it dinner, right? And for evening, you call it supper. Anyway, every, every meal you had to have a dessert. Come on now, somebody. Yeah. And that helped my sweet tooth, but now I'm paying for my sweet tooth. But anyway, desires. We all have desires. Desires. And we have to control those desires. So we make this provision. In Romans 6, 6, here, li- listen at this scripture. Romans 6, 6. I want you to see it when they put it up here on the screen. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. We have to remember that our old self was crucified with Christ so that the body that was ruled by sin might be done away with so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. There are times where all of us make provision for sin or an occasion for the flesh. And we say things like, well, I'm, I'm just human. I'm just human. And Jesus wants us to live by the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and bear the fruit of the Spirit. But we're so tied to the flesh by little phrases like that. Well, I'm just human. Again, it is a process to crucify the flesh. But we have to see who we are in Christ so that we understand that we have the power in Christ to overcome the flesh and begin to walk in the Spirit. Right? Because that is our goal. To not only identify with Christ, but to act like Christ. Am I talking to the right people? (laughs) I say I'm a Christian, but I want people to see Christ in me. So, a scoop of chocolate ice cream is good, but I don't have to eat half a gallon. (laughs) I'm talking to myself now. And I might be frustrated, but when my anger comes out and I say things against someone to judge them, then I'll cross the line. Well, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I just said, well, no. Jesus said, how can you love, say you love God and you hate somebody that he created? We've, we've, got, to, we've got to see that walking in the Spirit is tied to our love walk 
and everything, our emotions, our passions, our craving. Maybe you have this bad self-image. You know, I was born on the wrong, wrong side of the tracks or I wished I was born into a household that had a lot of money and you've always been down on yourself. The first thing you need to do is begin to see yourself in Christ to go back over the scriptures that talk about who you are in Christ, who you are in Christ. And this is the challenge because we live in the natural, but we're supposed to walk in the spirit. <laughs> that, that, that takes a process. We have to teach ourselves to stop looking at ourselves from the human point of view, and we have to quit looking at ourselves from the outside and begin to look to see Christ in us, which is the hope of glory. We've got to go through that process. We've got to crucify the flesh and walk in the Spirit. So let's talk about the Spirit. Who you are in the Spirit is more important than who you are in the flesh. And the moment of time that you gave your life to Jesus was just a moment, but it takes the rest of our life on earth to learn about who, who we became in that moment. What happened to me in that moment? We're born of the Spirit, but we don't know who we are spiritually until we begin that, to see that Jesus is in us. Jesus is in me. That's why Paul refers to the indwelling of Christ in us 216 times. And John mentions the presence of Jesus in us 26 times. So Colossians 1.27 says this, God wanted his people throughout the world to know the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in us, Christ living in us, giving us the hope of glory. Christ in us, say Christ in me, the hope of glory. You have Christ in you if you are following Christ. If you've decided that Jesus Christ is your Lord, your Savior, and you're walking, you're taking your next step in God, you're taking your next step with Jesus, then Christ is living in you, and that is the hope of glory. And that gives us the power to then actuate the Spirit over the flesh. What you focus on and the amount of time and attention that you give to either your flesh or your spirit will make the difference. If you renew your mind daily with the Word of God, like it says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, then you're going to be able to do what God wants you to do. If your mind is not renewed then the default is to do what my flesh wants to do. And your flesh is like my flesh. There's nothing good in it. <laughs> so here's a couple of scriptures. Romans 8, verse 9. We're all alike. We're all in the same boat. We're still deep. But, but pastor, when, so can I pray a prayer? Is there ever a time in my life where I never have to deal with the flesh? Yes. When you graduate to heaven. <laughs> 
But until then, there's going to be that struggle that Paul talked about in Galatians chapter 5. This is, is the flesh against the spirit and the flesh against the spirit. But I'm telling, here's the point. We need to get this. The more that we see ourselves in Christ Jesus, the more we will experience his power so that we can overcome the desires of the flesh and walk in the spirit. Overcoming the desires of the flesh. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you're in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Man, that's a powerful scripture. Because if we've chosen to be in Christ and to walk with Christ and to live with Christ, then we have the power of Christ in us to lift us above this rotten, stinking flesh that causes us and draws us over to do things that we know we shouldn't do. That, don't, that produce... The only thing that flesh produces is death. That's what the Word of God says. So we choose to walk in the Spirit and not after the flesh. I used the scripture last week, Romans 13, verse 14. Romans 13, 14 says, Rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice that it says that in the very beginning of verse 14. Because you can't do the second half of verse 14 without the first half of verse 14. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay, don't think about a big black dog with a white spot on his nose, kind of curly hair about that big. Don't, Don't think about it. Everybody sees it, right? Because the thought was coming from somewhere. How do you combat that thought or that desire? This verse talks about the, the thing you want to not think about. Do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. You have to have something stronger than the desires of the flesh so that you can think about. After clothing yourself with Christ you begin to think about who you are in him and how you can gratify and satisfy the desires of the Spirit. And the more you clothe yourself with Christ, the more you think, how can I please God today? And I'm waking up every morning saying, Lord, how can... I'm talking to God, first thing, instead of saying, i got to go to work again. Are you kidding me? Can't wait until Saturday. But I'm waking up saying, Lord, today is the day that you've made. I'm glad and I'm rejoicing in it. Lord, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning. And I thank you that you show me what you want me to do today. And listen, listen, I'm giving you permission to use me to do whatever you want me to do today. And I'm thinking all day about how to gratify the desires of the spirit instead of how to gratify the desires of the flesh. But it takes training, guys. It takes training. Everybody say it takes training. <laughs> so 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. I know this scripture, or I know this sermon is filled with scripture. But that's all I have to give you. All I have to give you. Listen, it's the power of the word of God that sets us over 
the attack of the enemy, the attack of the enemy. Man, he's out there. He's out there. He's going to be out there when you leave this building. He's going to be out there when you wake up tomorrow. We've got to give you something stronger. We've got to fill you with something stronger than what the enemy's coming at you with, the weapons of his war. We have the armor of God. We have the power of God. We have the word of God, which is stronger than anything that the enemy can bring against you or your flesh is stronger than your flesh. Look at this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. The Amplified AMPC, Amplified Classic, for those that are all into these versions. I like these different versions because there's different words in there. It says this, for physical training is of some value, useful for a little. Right, Coach David? It's, it's good to get physically fit. It's good. But godliness, which is spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything and in every way, for it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. And so we have to train ourselves, guys. It's a process to pull away from the flesh and put ourselves in the spirit to begin to think of ourselves after the spirit and not associate ourselves after the flesh. And we have to remember and remind ourselves of the scriptures that talk about who we are because of our union with Christ. He's in us. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us. The love of God can never separate us. We can never be separated from the love of God. The Father's in me. And so we have to remind ourselves. And the more we remind ourselves and the more we exercise spiritually, and condition ourselves to see ourselves the way that God sees us, then the fruit of the Spirit begins to flow and come out of us. And here it is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the last, last scripture that we have today. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Here's how you know if you're walking in the Spirit because you begin to see the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22, Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, uh, joy, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you begin to see these, these fruit of the, uh, of the Spirit come out of us, it's the Holy Spirit in our spirit producing these fruit. This is not, not all the job of the Holy Spirit, but as we train ourselves and we remind ourselves of who we are in Christ, that power begins to flow in us and produce the fruit that comes out of us. And we begin to see, wow, man, there, there's a deeper level of love that I have, a deeper level of joy that I have, a deeper level of peace I have. And the fruit of the Spirit is, is coming out of us, and we're showing that, and people are seeing that. Then we know that we're beginning to train ourselves spiritually and produce the fruit which is more spirit and less flesh. More spirit and less flesh. More spirit and less flesh. We have to constantly identify ourselves after the spirit and not after the flesh. We have to look and see Christ in us, the hope of glory and begin to crucify the flesh. The old man is gone. The old man is dead. That's who I was. 
But Paul says, I'm no longer alive. I crucified my flesh. I died, but Christ that lives in me is the hope of glory. Identification with Christ will begin to turn your life around. Begin to turn your life around. And listen, the great thing about identifying with Christ and seeing yourself the way that he sees you is you begin to start seeing other people that way too. Look at what Christ made them. Look at Jesus in them. Bring out the Jesus in another person. Show them who they are in Christ. And you can tell your story. You remember, if you knew me 20 years ago, you'd know that I was a stinker. I was born again like 40-something years ago, 40, 45 years ago, something like that. But we're still graduating. We're still moving. We're still growing. We're still learning how to crucify the flesh and walk in the Spirit. And our identification with Christ becomes more solid. It's a process. Let's all stand. If there's somebody out there that wants to make a decision to follow Christ, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're here in the building. Maybe you're watching whatever platform, Facebook. Let us know that you are making a decision for Christ today. This decision, again, it doesn't require us to bow our head and close our eyes and nobody looking around and raise your hand and show me this and show me that and come forward because all those things are great, but because this decision is between you and God, it's a sacred decision. And you need to make this decision whether I'm telling you to or not. We're giving you an opportunity. Jesus loves you. He died for you. And he wants to totally, radically turn your life around. But he needs your permission. So if you're here today, I want everybody to just pray this prayer. I'm going to lead you through. And you use these words, but if... I mean, these are just words expressing your heart, and I'm putting myself in your place right now. So if you repeat these words, there's nothing. Guys, there is nothing that is a formula or magical, if you will, about these words. It's an expression, a prayer of your heart to God. Say something to this effect. Heavenly Father, I'm coming to you today because I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is alive that he died for me that he gave his life for me and he shed his blood for me and Jesus desires to live in me and so today I'm choosing to follow you and walk with you I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Forgive me, Lord. And wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. Now, if you've said that, prayed that, 
confess that with your mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. That is the connection that you have with God. If you've done that, we want to know about it. Please let us know. Get in contact with us. You can call us. You can go on the website. You can drop, just drop your uh, email down there in the, in the comment section or whatever. However you want to handle that. We just want to know that so we can help you grow through this process of becoming who you just became in the spirit as you grow and understand more about what just happened. No one of us knows exactly everything that happened the moment that we gave our life to Christ and we became one with him. We know from scripture that we were raised with him and seated with him in heavenly places that God took us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of light. There are a lot of things that we know, but there are a lot of things that we're still learning and we're still growing in. So I'm going to pray as we, as we leave today that God would reveal to us again who we are in Christ and that that identification that we have with Christ makes the difference in our life this week. This week, because people are watching us people want to know and people want to see the power of Christ in operation. So Father I just pray for us right now as we begin to leave thank you for showing us not who we are in the flesh not our heritage and our ancestry and our DNA naturally but Father show us who we are in Christ that he lives in us and that he is the hope of glory and that he begins to change on the inside and it begins to flow on the outside that we begin to walk more in the spirit and less in the flesh and that people see Jesus in us through the, through the fruit of the spirit the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness the self-control, Lord thank you for believing in us. Thank you, Lord, for filling us with your Holy Spirit right now, giving us that power to serve you and walk with you and to change. For taking us through the process as we exercise spiritually. We declare who we are in Christ. Father, I just pray for protection over every person as they go. Thank you that you cover us with angelic protection and the blood of Jesus as we go, Father. We declare that no weapon that's been formed against us shall prosper. We thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. That includes COVID-19. And anything else, Lord, that science may discover or uncover as it is, thank you that we've been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We thank you for the life of Christ in us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We're praying for, for you every day. And we're excited about what God is doing here.
Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.